Friendship, for example, is a real gift. It's an insane world. In it, there is one sanity, the loyalty of old friends. You're the best friends anybody ever had. Alone, bad friend, good. Bubba was my best good friend. I had to make sure he was okay. Friendship family. These are things that matter. We just become best friends. Yep. Touch my friends again, I'm Thanks, Mike. You're my best friend here. Lose one friend, lose all friends, lose yourself. We ride together, we die together. Bad boys for life. That's what friends are for, right? Friends? Friends. Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. If you're not over here in 15 minutes, you can find a new best friend. You've been saying that since the fifth grade. What up, my dogs? We're back. Season two of the I Am Your Friend podcast. As I mentioned on the last season... I don't really know what seasons mean for podcasts. I think it's more meant for like storytelling podcasts. It's like, we're going to do this story for this season, you know, and then they end it and then they do a different story for another season. Uh, I just wanted, I just needed a break, you know? And so I was like, all right, this podcast hosting site allows me to do seasons. So end of season one. And now here we are for season two. We made some upgrades. We got a nicer camera. We got some professional lighting in here. I'm still figuring out how to really use it all. Um, Yeah, the new setup. We're chilling. Things are cool. I'm very excited about it. It feels good to be sitting back here. Uh, I've been wanting to do this uh, again for a while. I've been itching for it. Um, You know, when I started it last year, Uh, I didn't really know where it was going. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. It was just something I always wanted to do. And then, you know, I always had that voice in my head that I had to battle with that was like, nobody cares what you have to say about anything, man, because you're nobody. Uh, And then one day I was just like, you know what? Fuck you, voice in my head. I'm doing it. And I did it, and uh, I got a bunch of good feedback. Um, Anybody who is ever like... DM'd me or hit me up, whatever, saying, you know, that you listen to this on your drive to work or long drive somewhere or I don't know, whatever. And, you know, a lot of people told me it's sounds like, you know, you're just listening to your buddy talk and that's exactly what I want it to be. I'm your friend, you know, and uh, I'm just some guy and here's what I think about things. And, uh, so I'm very excited. I'm very excited to keep it going and I don't know, try to narrow the focus down a little bit. I learned a lot in the first season of doing it through just like trial and error. Uh, and I think, um, yeah, I'm ready to, to take this and see where it goes. Um, I have a few ideas for, for guests to come on, but as always, if, if you want to come on or know somebody that you think it would be good for me to have a conversation with, uh, you know, somebody who you think is a good conversationalist, um, don't know if that's a word, uh, or just somebody who, you know, is doing something really cool creatively, um, or, you know, some sort of like activist political movement type thing, any sort of artist. Those are the people I I really like talking to. So, um, I'm very excited to, to keep going. Um, as far as what's going on in my life, I'm doing a lot. Uh, I'm just trying to stay creative out here, you know, uh, whatever that means. Uh, I'm still writing music, um, post proms, playing a show, shameless plug, July 8th uh, at Mohawk Place, playing with Marigold, who you might know uh, because of my friend Ben that I had on the show uh, last year. 
Ben's great. He uh, shot the music video for Glass for Post Prom. He also did our album art. Uh, friend of the show. That's fun to say, huh? Uh, and yeah. So Marigold is uh, just released a record. That's awesome. Uh, go check it out. And uh, they will be coming through Buffalo on this little weekend tour with the band called Flycatcher. And on the Buffalo show, it'll be Post Prom and Previous Love. Shout out Previous Love. Those guys are great. Uh, yeah, and that'll be fun. So music things are still happening. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, yeah. I started doing stand-up. Uh, if you follow me on social media, I just announced that for the first time. Started doing stand-up. It's something I always wanted to do, just like the podcasting. Uh, you know, it's it was a hard hurdle to get over of, like, actually starting to do it. I've been writing jokes for a long time. I'm a very avid fan of comedy, always have been. I got this new Tom Segura poster. If you're watching the video podcast, you can see it. I uh, saw him on his tour when he came through Klein Hands, which was dope. And yeah, I love comedy. I mean, the reason I started podcasting was because I just listened to comedy podcasts and stuff. So um, very excited to <clears throat> take a new leap creatively. Uh, and it's been awesome. It's been super fun. Um, you know, it's definitely intimidating. Um, it's much different than uh, playing in a band and stuff, you know, because when you're just up there by yourself and you just have to talk, it is terrifying. Um, and it's not like, you know, when you're playing a song, you know, you're going off of like muscle memory and like, you know, it's, it's easy to like fall and you know, what words you have to say where, uh, and that's the biggest difference with comedy is just like, it's just silence up there. You know, it's very intimidating. It's very daunting, but we've been doing it fam. And it's been going all right. I've been hitting all the open mics in Buffalo, which if you didn't know, there's a huge comedy scene in Buffalo, which I had no idea about. Uh, but there, yeah, there's like tons of local comics and there's a bunch of open mics. Um, on Mondays, there's the Tudor lounge does an open mic. There's, uh, an open mic at a place called TC wheelers in Tonawanda, uh, which I don't like going to, but the guys who run it are great. And so I go for that. Um, but other than that, I don't know why anybody goes to that place. Uh, Tuesdays, Nietzsche's uh, open mics. Wednesdays are at Milky's. That one is usually a shit show, but it's also very fun. Thursdays at Good Bar. Uh, and then every other Friday, they do one at OSB on Main Street. I went there for the first time last night. I did a set last night. And it was cool. It was fun. So, yeah. So, I don't know. If uh, you're popping around this summer uh, in Buffalo and looking for something to do on any night of the week, you can go to a comedy open mic and just watch people work out there. It says tons of very funny comedians in Buffalo. Can't recommend it enough. And how sweet is it that you can just like go for free and just like watch people work out their sets and stuff. I don't know. I like, as just like a comedy nerd, I think that's awesome. Um, and I don't know. It's not very well advertised, I guess. So I didn't know about it. Now, you know about it. That's what we're doing here, baby. Yeah. So, Doing stand-up's been cool. Um, I'm competing in the Buffalo's Funniest contest at Helium, which, like, every single local comedian does. There's, like, I don't know, the first round is eight different shows, uh, and there's, like, ten comedians on each one. So, like, yeah, there's a bunch of fucking comedians around. Um, so I'm competing in that. That'll be fun. I don't expect to get very far because uh, I'm pretty new, but it's I'm just excited to be able to, like, do an actual show 
uh, on like the helium stage, uh, you know, rather than just an open mic. So, um, I don't know when I'm putting this episode out, but hopefully maybe it'll be before that, uh, cause it's this upcoming Wednesday, June 8th, 7 PM at helium comedy club in Buffalo. And today is Saturday, June 4th as I'm recording this. So I'll, maybe I'll put this out Monday if I can figure out how to get it done in time. But yeah, things are cool, man. I love entertaining people. Clearly. That's just like, that's all I want to do in life. But trying to, I've been spending a lot of time just like trying to get inspired lately. And I have been inspired if I, if I'm being H with you, which means honest, uh, being H TBH, which we always are being, uh, yeah, I I watched that Tony Hawk documentary on HBO. Um, if you haven't watched it, highly recommend checking it out. If you don't have HBO, I gotta tell you, it might be the best. It hmm, it might be the best content uh, on the worst app of all time, but it's worth it. Um, HBO is like the only one I use. I hardly use Netflix anymore, um, ex- except for like when comedy things come out, which. This month I saw there, they just had that Netflix is a joke festival in um, LA. That was a few weeks ago. And now like everything that happened there got recorded and is coming out over the next month. So there's just going to be like comedy overload on Netflix, which I'm super excited about. Um, But anyway, HBO uh, has this Tony Hawk documentary and it is so inspiring. I didn't even realize, like, I didn't know Tony Hawk's whole story at all. You know, I just knew him as you know, the greatest skateboarder of all time, did the 900, has the video games, did a lot for punk music because of the video games and stuff. So, you know, shout out Tony Hawk. But this documentary, like his whole story is nuts, man. And I, uh, it resonated with me a lot because he was a guy who felt he had to prove himself all the time. You know, he was the youngest in his family uh, and he was like way younger than the rest of his siblings. And, um, you know, he felt he kind of had to work a little harder, uh, to get the attention of, of people. And he, you know, found skateboarding. And the, the thing that I found fascinating is how fearless that guy was. Um, you know, he would, he was this like, you know, skinny little guy with, you know, this like Holly or, you know, California hair. And like, you know, he just like, was kind of uh, almost like a preppy looking guy. And so he got a lot of shit for that. And then when he started like competing, his dad wanted to get involved. So his dad started uh, like started some like organization that like ran the competitions. And so when Tony would do well, you know, everybody was like, well, his dad ran it. So like he had a lot of shit um, from like, he was not welcomed into the skateboarding community, which like in hindsight is an insane thing to think about. But he would like go to competitions at his own like home park that he practiced at and get booed like the entire time. People would throw like beer cans at him and shit. And he just like pushed through, which is crazy to me because I think about like myself, like if I were to go to do anything and got booed, I would quit that thing immediately. Like I would never think to do that again, ever. I would be like, okay, this is not for me. Everybody here really doesn't like me doing it. So I'm going to do them a favor and I'm going to stop doing this. And Tony Hawk was like, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. I love doing this. I don't care if there's a thousand people here telling me not to. I'm going to keep doing it. Which, goddamn, that is a trait I wish that I had. And that is like 
ultimately what led to his success and his other thing like he never thought about what could go wrong which is like wow what a concept you know because that's all that i think about all the time you know with having like chronic anxiety all that's all i think about all the time is just anything that i'm gonna do i'm like well what if this happens and I, and then i'm just like oh yeah that's a good it's a good point maybe we should just stay home forever um which is not good I learned I'm learning a lot sidebar here it's all a lot of the things are starting to kick in now of like how much the pandemic fucked me up you know like I really kind of lost myself in there you you guys feeling this way like I don't know maybe maybe nobody's thinking about it because I mean obviously are we out of it did it I don't know who knows you know what I mean I just had it I just got over it um it seems like cases around here locally, at least, are starting to go down. But I think we're just living with it now. You know what I mean? And I think most people have accepted that. And I think, I don't know, I think that's fine. I'm good. You know, whatever at this point. That's kind of my vibe lately with everything. But yeah, man, the pandemic really did fuck me up. Um, just like being alone uh, and inside all the time. And, you know, I, I talked about, I think I've talked about this before. When I was living here, it was like, you know, my brother, my older brother and my younger brother were both living here and their girlfriends were both here. And I was just like, by my, and then my parents were here and then it was just like me by myself, you know? So like we would all hang out together, but then like at the end of the day, you know, we all like go, go our separate ways. And I was just like very alone, um, which is fine, I think, but like it adds up, you know? And I just would be on my phone all the time and just fall down these like rabbit holes and like, I don't know, man. Like the concept of ignorance is bliss is so spot on because I was just like, so I don't know. Uh, I'm a person who's always just like wanted to be right. You know, I just wanted to know the truth and I want to be able to argue the truth so that everybody else can know the truth. Like that was, that's a thing that was always very important to me, which I know is like a very annoying trait probably because like I'm an argumentative person where if I hear somebody say some bullshit I'm gonna be like hey that's some bullshit you know uh and so I got like you know through the pandemic there was so much shit going around besides the virus hey uh but like just like you know all that misinformation and everything but I just started to like unravel a lot about all these different things with like the systems that are in play. I mean, especially, and not just like the, the pandemic, like the George Floyd uh, protests and like everything like that was like, that's when I, you know, I just kind of like fell down this rabbit hole. You know, that's all I can call it is just like, of just unraveling everything and being like, Oh my God, everything is so fucked. And that's what I mean about like ignorance is bliss. It's like, it's, it's almost at this point, I think it's almost better to not know like everything the way that everything is because the way that it is how fucked everything is because like i don't know a lot of people i think just don't have what and what i'm understanding and what i'm learning is i think most people just don't have like the emotional slash mental capacity to be able to handle that and so they choose to ignore it you know they choose to not want to know it's like i don't even want i'm just i'm just trying to do me right now you know i'm just trying to make it through the fucking day right uh and so 
you know, a lot of people can't handle that. And I'm a person who like, I don't know. I'm like, uh, uncomfortably empathetic. I don't know if uncomfortably was the right word, but dangerously chronically empathetic. Maybe that's a better one. Uh, but yeah, man, I just have an insane amount of empathy for like human beings, uh, at all times. Um, which is hard. It's takes a fucking toll. And at some point, I think I just kind of, I don't know, recently reached a point of being like, dude, I can't, I, you know, I'm not going to save the world, I guess, you know, I'm not gonna, I can't fix these things. These, these problems are so much bigger than one person. And we could probably change them if we all understood and we're on the same page. But like I said, most people do not have the emotional capacity or mental capacity to be able to, to take that on. And that's why, like, I mean, people who are like activists, like day in and day out, people who belong to organizations that are, you know, really actively trying to do things like shout out to them, man, because that's always like what I pictured myself doing, but I, I really don't know if I can handle that. Um, it's hard. It's hard too, because I kind of lose myself in it because as I've, I talked about, uh, on the podcast before is, you know, these causes are not my own. These, these things that I get behind do not really affect me personally. Right. Which is crazy because like, that's the thing that I hate that of people who are like, well, it doesn't affect me. So I don't give a shit, you know, but what I, what I'm getting at is like, when I am putting all of myself into these causes that do not directly affect me, it's like, I almost like lose myself in it because it's like, this has nothing to do with me and I shouldn't be the one like taking on all of this because I'm it's, it's, there's no connection for me here besides empathy for other people, you know? And that's not to say that I don't care anymore or like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to help where I can. I'm, I'm always going to, but I, I kind of had to take a step back of letting these things just like completely letting these causes and problems in the world just like completely take over me, you know? I was always looking, I got to a point and, you know, through the whole pandemic where I was just always looking for a reason to call somebody out. Um, and due to my own insecurities, I think of like the standard I held myself to of like trying to like not offend people, um, and just like be a better person and, um, you know, just try to be an ally to any sort of oppressed group of people that I could, um, but I think I just need, I don't know, I kind of had to step back and kind of come back down to reality and realize that, you know, I can't let these things completely consume me. As an individual, I have to, like, still live my life and do these things. And uh, I don't know. Things in the world are very bleak right now. Uh, and it seems to just keep getting worse. And I just kind of feel like I hit a breaking point of being like, I think the best I could do right now is just, just keep going, you know, and not, not stress too hard about it. Um, because it'll, I think it'll just end up putting me in a very, very bad place mentally, uh, because that's what it did. So 
yeah. So I don't know if any what any of I what I just said made any sense. Um, but I hope that it did. And I hope that maybe it resonated with a few people um, that maybe understood. Maybe you noticed uh, through the pandemic of like that. They're like, what the fuck is Aiden? Is he losing his mind? Like, um, or maybe you didn't because who gives a shit about what I'm doing? You know? Hey, I hear this. I uh, heard somebody talk about this recently about the idea of uh, the good wolf, bad wolf philosophy where everybody has a uh two wolves inside them you have a good wolf you have a bad wolf and you know whichever one you feed more is going to consume you and so like the bad wolf is all the bad things that you think about yourself and the good wolf is all like positive things and like reinforcing things and like your confidence your self-esteem and and things like that and the bad wolf is like your anxieties and and insecurities and all those things so you know when anytime I get to this point, it's a good, good thing to keep in, in mind because any, there's a lot of times where I like shit on myself, you know, like I just did there. I was just like, Hey, who cares what I think? I'm a dumb idiot. Um, that's feeding the bad wolf, you know? And I, I, when I hear other people do it, you know, it's makes me sad and it makes me mad at like, Hey, like you're doing fine. You know, everybody's doing fine. You're all doing great. Feed the good wolf. It's all you can do these days, you know, do your best out there. I don't know who, I'm, who I think I am right now, but oh, bad wolf. Hey, we're doing it, man. Sometimes I think I'm insane, you know, I don't know if that's bad wolf. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Um, hey, stop shooting people. What's going on with the, what's what's up with all the? Shooting? I shouldn't make light of that, but uh, that all the shooting stuff going out of shooting stuff is such a, a downplay of what what's going on. But for real, it's like it's so hard not to become desensitized to it, and like because of how often it happens, and I can't believe that just like eh, man, government just doesn't do anything, huh? They're just not gonna do anything. This goes back to my whole thing of like the ignorance is bliss thing, I guess, because it's like once you start to unravel it, you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's because our entire government uh, has all these lobbies like the gun lobby um, and the health care insurance lobby and all these things that come in and put money into politicians pockets so that they don't change anything that affects those industries. Um, And when you know that, you know, it's like, ah, fuck all of them. Cause if nothing's going to change, why the fuck are we putting people in power? You know, and this is the thing that they're like, you just can't get anybody to, wouldn't it be great if we just like all people understood that and we were like, oh yeah, we're all being duped here. We're all being fucked. Uh, and until we all get on the same page of that, nothing's going to change and nothing's going to get better. So that's kind of where I'm at going back to being inspired. You know, the Tony Hawk thing, uh, fearless, never thought about what went wrong. Always pressed on, always just did what he wanted to do. And it got him to amazing places. And that inspired the shit out of me, man, because there's so many times that I listen to my anxiety and I let it win. I feed the bad wolf, you know? 
and uh it stops me from doing things um and then it had me be like man i wish i would have done that sooner you know um i'm a person who lives in regret a lot of the times i mean i'm like i'm doing all right you know my life's good right now i'm chilling i'm happy things are good uh but there are a lot of things there are a lot of mistakes i've made in my life and uh especially between like 18 and like 25 you know uh and throughout the pandemic i did a lot of reflecting on that and it was hard it's hard to not like think about that and be like fuck how did i not you know figure that out or how did i how could i be so naive and dumb or whatever and you know i think a lot of it is because i has to do with giving into my anxiety and things like that so um i keep that top of mind these days after that tony hawk documentary highly recommend it if you need to just get inspired and you want to see somebody just not give a fuck and only focus on them and just grind their ass off until they saw something and what's crazy is that dude had amazing success and then lost it all and was like not even able to pay his bills after he was already like famous and then came back like that dude just has like success story fail story success story fail story like over and over again and uh it's phenomenal also rodney mullen in that documentary if you don't know rodney mullen he is one of like the most profound people on earth and uh he's a, also a professional skateboarder but he is like a freak of nature he's like on a completely another level but you listen to him talk man and i'm so interested in everything he has to say like everything he says is so poetic and it's so profound and he has a very deep understanding of just like how things are and i love people like that i wish i was more like that you know all right i'm, I'm trying to be um speaking of people like that the other thing i watched on hbo is the george carlin documentary uh, it's a two-part series directed by Judd Apatow and somebody else who I don't know, but we know Judd Apatow. He gave us a lot of really good movies. Uh, and the documentary, the George, Do- Doc- George Carlin documentary is incredible. Uh, I've been like, I've always considered George Carlin, like one of my heroes. Um, even like, I mean, he was a stand-up comedian, but he was way more than that. He was like a philosopher, like an actual, you know, there's people who are like, oh, comedians are the modern philosophers of our time. And it's like, eh, that's a stretch to say that about all of them. Uh, but there's a few for sure. And I definitely think that George Carlin uh, is the number one of that. I've just always been inspired and fascinated by him and, and always like was like, that's the kind of person I want to be. Um, I discovered him in high school. I think I had a teacher I think one of my English teachers like showed the class like one of his bits about something or other uh, in his later years when he got very uh, political and and outspoken on problems with the world. And his perspective on those things was always like phenomenal. Like he just always hit the nail on the head. Uh, but he like was never worried about offending people. He like, you know, he was a person who was like against like PC stuff, but like not like he always punched up. And I think that's a very important distinction uh, with the, a lot of the, I am so sick of hearing comedians being like, you can't say anything anymore and everybody's offended. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like it's every everybody has always been offended by things um, and like, oh, cancel culture. Can't say this. Can't say that. And it's like. You shut the fuck up. 
because you can and you always have been able to um but there's a way to go about it and this has always been the way of the world and i think the internet you know just kind of shined a light more on it than anything but like you know people are still doing whatever the fuck they want but my point being is that george carlin always punched up and what that means is that he never made an oppressed group of people the butt of the joke Okay, he always was making jokes at the expense of people in power. And that when you do that, you can pretty much say whatever you want, you know. And so he was always about I think his daughter said it like he was always about crossing the line, but making sure he was taking everybody in the audience with him across the line, which I think is something that a lot of. Uh, comics now um, don't do it. They just cross the line and like think it's edgy. I am so, it is like insane to me how a lot of like these, uh, you know, like the most famous comedians now, like a lot of them that are like, you know, older uh, are like, you know, it's like Dave Chappelle and uh, Ricky Gervais and stuff who like as a fan of comedy, like they're legends. You know what I mean? Like they absolutely are. They both of them. I mean, Dave Chappelle way more than Ricky Gervais, but, but now like this whole, like why like Dave Chappelle, you're going to do like three specials where you make trans jokes. And then Ricky Gervais comes out and makes trans jokes. And it's like, and they're like, Oh, guess I'm going to get canceled now. Cause I made a trans joke. And it's like, no dude, you're not because you're still making millions of dollars and you're still getting specials because you are making fun of somebody who has no power and you are making them the butt of the joke, which is why you lose people. That is the, like that's crossing the line without bringing the audience over with you or all of the audience over with you, you know? And that's why. Yeah. And, and it's so dumb because it's like, Oh, I'm not supposed to say this. I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway and face no repercussions. And I'm still going to sell out stadiums and arenas and still make millions of fucking dollars and still have deals with all these like corporations. So like, I'm just over it. You know, I'm over it for that reason. Like it makes no fucking sense, dude. But anyway, this George Carlin documentary was super inspiring so much of it resonated with me. He was another guy who liked like Tony Hawk. He like when he first started doing comedy, like he had a job, like a full-time job doing comedy on like TV in this early sixties. And he was like, you know, would wear a suit and was clean cut, but he was like, I'm not being my most authentic self. So I'm not happy. Like, it's nice that I have a job doing, making people laugh, but it's not telling the jokes that I want to tell or, or I have to like put on this face for TV and I'm over that. So he walked away, you know, barely had a pot to piss and just got a job uh, doing comedy. And he was like, fuck this. I'm not being myself, which God, I just fucking love that dude. Like, I wish I like, I, I hope that if that ever happens to me, I have the courage to be like, nah, this isn't what I want. Even if it's like a good job and like, whatever, this isn't what I want. Walk away, find what you want. Uh, and so he became this like counterculture guy of, you know, he grew his hair out and grew a beard and, uh, started saying things that just like nobody else would say. Uh, and he was just a legend, man. And then he faded out again. And then like, he would just leave, like 
somebody new would come in. He would kind of get put on the back burner. It's like, ah, oh, he's washed up. And then he would just like go back and write all the time and completely reinvent himself and come back and just demolish again. Um, right up until his death in 2008, like he was still like the best at his, I mean, his later specials, in my opinion, are the, are the best stuff. Like that's, you know, where he started to become very outspoken about things like, and that was the thing, like in the eighties when he like made a comeback and he started shit talking the Reagan administration, like, which again, like was not a thing that comedians were doing, you know? So very dope. And that guy has always been an inspiration to me. Like I said, I had a teacher show, show us, us some clip of his in high school. And I remember being like, Oh, who, I like this, you know? Uh, and then I just wanted to learn everything about him. And, uh, I watched all his specials and I would, you know, quote, I reference his quotes all the time. Uh, and so that documentary was just really, really great. And then there's also, on Netflix, they did a thing called The Hall, which is like the Comedy Hall of Fame that I think is like a new thing. Um, and they inducted, you know, George Carlin and and uh, Richard Pryor and Robin Williams and Joan Rivers and like, you know, uh, comedians now like did the induction and John Stewart did George Carlin. So he does a very good, um, you know, gave a very good speech inducting him into the hall. So. Check those things out if that's stuff that interests you. Um, yeah, man, George Carlin is just the goat, and uh, I'm just uh, that. That's like the kind of like as I'm getting into comedy and stuff, I keep him top of mind, or just like just to kind of make sure that I'm always doing me, you know. No matter where the money is, no matter where I'm at in my life, do you? That's the thing I'm learning from these things, and that's. It's so important and it's for me, you know, it's so difficult to fight off that anxiety sometimes and that imposter syndrome and that voice in your head that hates you. It's tough, but I'm doing it. Guys, I recently found out that I uh, have ADHD, which I always like I started to think that I did for a while, but I also was like, eh, I don't want to be that guy that's just like diagnosing myself with stuff. You know, because that's annoying when it's like, oh, I'm OCD because I need to have things organized, um, which I have said before, and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, it was just a thing that was like, you know, I'm not going to, these self-diagnosis things I think are easy to fall under me like, oh, maybe that's what's wrong with me. But turns out I actually do have ADHD, uh, and I am that is considered neurodivergent and I've been reading up on all this stuff and it's just like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. I wish I knew this sooner. Um, because it is crazy. Uh, I like him a person who wants to read books so badly. I want to be a well-read person. Um, because like all of my favorite people who inspire me are well-read people and they write books and I want to do that. You know, I want to be like that. I want to just be like a wealth of knowledge. Uh, but I have trouble reading books and I was like, maybe it's cause I'm stupid, you know, maybe I'm just dumb and reading books is hard. Uh, but turns out that's an ADHD thing. Uh, reading books is hard because, um, I found this thing. There's a special type of text you can get. I don't remember what it's called, but they're, they're like, you can get books like printed in a certain way that's meant for people with ADHD. And I like tried it as like a sample and it's like, it's so much easier and you can fly through books and like retain all the information. It's like a weird 
magic trick that it pulls on my brain that like, it's phenomenal. So it's cool that I figured this out. Um, and what was funny is I told my therapist, I was like, I think I have ADHD. And he was like, did you not know that? And I was like, the fuck you mean? Of course I didn't. And he's like, oh, I thought you knew that. He's like, you definitely have ADHD. Um, and that's why you have a thousand thoughts running through your head at all times. Cause you're always on X games mode in your brain, you know, and then added anxiety on top of that, which they, you know, those two things go hand in hand. So because I just get overwhelmed with the amount of things that are moving through my brain. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, I'm not taking anything for it, but I have considered maybe trying to get some Adderall. I've never done Adderall. Um, I did Vivance one time in college, which is like more intense Adderall. I don't know much about it. Um, but I remember I was taking a computer science class and I had to like code a bunch of shit and I couldn't focus. Go figure. And there was this kid I knew that I heard had sold Adderall. So I was like, Hey man, can I get Adderall from you? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he comes to my dorm and he gives me a couple pills or whatever. And he's like, yeah, these are 60 milligram, uh, extended release Vivance. And I was like, I don't know what that means. He's like, it's basically just a different kind of Adderall. And I was like, okay. I was 18. Didn't know any better. Didn't bother to look it up. I just took it on an empty stomach. And then I coded like seven websites and stayed up for three days. Um, so I don't think I need that, you know? Uh, but maybe just like a, a little bit of Adderall, you know, might help me. I don't know. Um, but we're finding out, I guess. But it was, what a relief, you know? Because my thing was, anytime I saw, like when I'm scrolling on TikTok and stuff, I get, on my For You page, I get ADHD stuff all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, what, TikTok's going to tell me I have a, you know, this neurodivergency or whatever you want to call it. And you know, so I easily like brushed it off. I'm like, ah, they probably show this to everybody. I'm like, ah, this probably isn't a real thing, you know? And then, but eventually it just became like so spot on and like hitting like specific things that I relate to like more and more. And I was like, ah, fuck. And I was like, that seems very real. And then when that text thing happened, when they came out with, you know, that I saw a TikTok that was talking about the special kind of text that you can do for people with ADHD. And so I gave it a shot and I was like, Oh my God. And so that's when I brought it up to my therapist. And he was like, yeah, dude, you definitely have ADHD for sure. Um, but it is, it is funny. Cause my therapy sessions are just like an hour of me just like trying to talk through a million different things that are going through my head at all time. So, so that's fun. So I'm glad I figured that out because now I can, it's very relieving, you know, because there's, there's so there's so many things that I'm realizing, like come back to like point back to having ADHD that like, ugh, what a relief, because I thought I was just broken, you know. Turns out I'm not broken. I'm just a little, I don't know, a little off, I guess. But it's cool. Neurodivergency is interesting. But I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm learning a lot about it. I keep reading into it about being a neurodivergent person. And uh, I'm trying to not entirely use it as a scapegoat for every flaw that I have. But there is a lot. There are a lot of things I'm like, oh, that's why I do that. That's why I do that, you know. 
Um, so, but at least I'm aware of it, you know, we're learning, we're growing up, man. How are you guys doing? You guys good? I hope so. I hope you answered out loud when I said that. Some people say, uh, I do have friends that listen to this that are like, you know, sometimes you're saying stuff and I'll like try to respond to you. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's not actually here. And I love that. That warms my heart, you know? But I love having these conversations, man. I love talking about real shit. Uh, and I'm doing good, man. And I'm excited to, to keep this going. I'm trying to get a sponsorship for the podcast, but I need to reach 50 uh, monthly listeners or something like that. And I'm at like 17 right now. So let's, uh, I'm going to work on promoting it more. You know, I kind of fell off on that when I was doing it last year. Cause I was like, ah, I don't want to annoy people with this. And that's the bad wolf guys. It's the bad wolf. Uh, I'm going to be, I have to post way more about it. Uh, I'm going to try to do clips all the time. It's just a lot of work. You know, it's just me out here. A lot of these podcasts that you listen to, that's a team of people that are doing all the stuff. I am doing this by myself. You know, I edit the video. I do the audio. I make the clips. I promote it all, uh, you know, that's all good. So, but the podcasting hosting site says once I get to 50 monthly listeners, uh, I can, you know, I will be eligible to, for sponsorships. Uh, and then this can all be worth it for a little bit, you know, a little bit of extra change in my pocket would be a little nice. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the podcasting host because I'm not doing that for free. They would have to pay me, but Tell people to check this out. Spread the word if you could. I appreciate it. It helps a lot. It is a lot of work. Um, I'm having a good time. If you want to come on the show, uh, I definitely need to have guests. So let me know. Or if you, again, if you know somebody that you're like, oh man, they would be a great guest for him to have. Or, you know, this is an amazing artist. I would love to hear more from them. Let's, uh, let's have a conversation, you know, let's get on it. But I do, uh, I've got some people lined up that I'm excited to have on that, people I just, you know, have good conversations with or who I think are fascinating people or just, you know, artists, creatives, people of that nature. So, um, we're doing it, man. I, I do have been, uh, taking notes of like what I want to talk about. Uh, and I don't remember, let's make sure I hit everything that I wanted to talk about. Probably. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I did. We'll call it a day here. The other thing I I was doing when I first started the podcast was like, I like wanted to make sure it got to like an hour and a half. And I'm like, dude, and what I realized, I'm like, hey, man, people's time is precious. Just have the conversation. If it dwindles at 40 minutes, I ended at 40 minutes, you know, and that's about where we're at right now. And here we go. Let's see. Oh, yeah, I went to New Orleans. That was fun. I got COVID there, Uh, but it was cool. Had a good time. Uh, it was my first time leaving, but, but I mean, I went on tour right, right before or right when I ended like the podcast last season. Uh, and I went on tour tour is cool, but it's almost hard to consider touring, like traveling or like vacation. Cause it's like, I, you're working, you know? Uh, and I was working my job from the road and then also, you know, TMing and doing merch, uh, which I'll be doing again, going on tour with super American again, uh, at the end of August, for the first few weeks of September, uh, on the tour with mom jeans, 
which is super exciting. Um, I don't know much about Mom Jeans, but I when I heard there that tour was gonna be happening, I listened to their most recent album and I thought it was really good. Uh, and I'm very excited to go on this tour. Uh, Free Throw is on it as well, and some other people. So that'll be fun. So excited to get back in the van with those guys. Had a good time last time. Although I like I said, it is it's it's work, you know and. While it is cool to be going city to city, you know, you don't get to spend a lot of time in the cities. You don't really get to experience it. So this New Orleans trip was like the first time I was traveling for like leisure uh, since before the pandemic. It was my first time getting on a plane since then and all of that. Uh, So it was cool. It was for my buddy Rory's bachelor party. Shout out Rory. I'm in the wedding. We're going to have a good time. I love weddings. Weddings are fun. Um, but yeah, went down for the bachelor party. It was sick. New Orleans is such a cool city. Uh, and I had a really good time and it was so like refreshing to get out of Buffalo for a little bit. You know what I mean? After being stuck here for, for a while, love it here. I do, but sometimes I just got to get out and, uh, that's what I did. And it was awesome. Uh, and we had a good time. Well, I got back and I felt like refreshed, you know, I felt like I hit like a mental reset and I was so grateful um, for having to get to experience that. So shout out Rory, shout out everybody that we went with. It was very cool. Very fun. Got very drunk. Uh, the one night we like had a bunch, somebody bought two thirties of Miller high life. And, uh, we like barely touched them. Then it was like our second last day there. And I was like, guys, we gotta, we gotta drink all these beers. So we, we did do that. Uh, we drank all the beers and then we went out and partied on bourbon street and had a good time. Uh, and it was great, man. Uh, what else was I going to talk about? Oh yeah. Um, I think I have to, but I went vegan back in the fall. Uh, when I went on tour, I decided to go vegan, um, because it's just something I always considered, um, thought was, you know, interesting. Um, you know, I know it's good for like the environment and stuff because, uh, the factory farming industrial farming is, you know, I think that's one of the, I don't know if it's the number one, but it's like the leading cause of, uh, greenhouse gas emissions or whatever. I don't know much about that kind of stuff, but it seemed like I'm like, all right, you know, I, I, my goal for this year was trying to be a little bit more environmentally conscious, you know? Um, and now it's June and I'm kind of over it, you know, um, I'm kind of realizing that again, as I was saying before, this is like, I wanted to do it to be like, at least I could say I tried to do something, you know, um, because I'm a very disciplined guy. Uh, I'm just like, let's, you know, try to do it. So like my goals this year, like I was, you know, I went vegan to try to, you know, help that factor. And then I, I have only been buying secondhand clothes. So I only buy clothes from like thrift stores and stuff because of the, uh, you know, the fast fashion stuff is bad for the environment as well. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's what I've been doing. But again, I'm kind of getting to this point where it's like, ah, fuck it. And I think the George Carlin doc really hit me with that because he kind of became almost like nihilistic towards the end of being like, he was like disappointed in the human race, you know, just like, I can't believe we got this. We got this far. You know what I mean? We've gone too far. Um, and he has a great bit about how he says the planet is fine. The people are fucked. He's like, the planet's just doing what it's supposed to be doing. And the planet's trying to get rid of us because we've been fucking it up forever. And maybe this is supposed to happen, you know? 
Uh, and I don't know if there is any way to stop it. You know, maybe, I mean, I try to be hopeful, you know, and I try to do my part, but it's like doing your part. You're not going to get everybody to do their part. You know, again, that's the problem is people don't care because it's, most people are like, fine. It's not directly affecting them. So they're not going to do anything about it, but it's like, the, you know, it's the giant corporations and everything. It all comes back to the money thing, man. I'm telling you capitalism and white supremacy are tied together and they that's the problem for the lobbying that's the problem you know and all this stuff why we don't get any sort of climate change reform and these giant big companies that are ruining the earth don't give a fuck about it and if they don't stop we're not going to be able to fix it so i'm kind of at that point not to be entirely pessimistic but i don't know you know that's kind of where i'm at but i don't know either way i did the vegan thing um, again, it was something I just always wanted to try. Uh, and Pat from super American shout out, Pat was vegan and I was going to this tour. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be vegan. I'm going to go try to be vegan for this tour and have Pat kind of show me the ropes here. And that's what we did. So shout out Pat. Thank you for everything that you taught me. And, uh, we had a good time and I ate vegan the whole time and I stayed vegan. Uh, and I still am and it's cool, but it is crazy, dude, how much people like hate it. Like I can't believe how much I get shit on by people like in my life when like I tell them I'm like, it's like, I'm not doing anything that affects you at all. You know, why is this your concern? And, but it's like, they all want to tell you why you shouldn't, you know? And, uh, yeah, fuck off. You know, I'm doing, I'm just trying out here, you know, and I'm fine. Uh, so yeah, but I'm going to, so here's where I'm at, right? I'm, I hit six months of being vegan a couple weeks ago and I'm going to try to get to a year. That's my goal is I'm going to try to do a year of vegan just to fucking say that I did it. I don't know. You know, why not? I got this far, might as well keep going. So I'm going to get to a year and then I think I'm going to switch to what I've heard referred to as a plant forward diet, you know, where it's like, you're mostly going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to try to just eat vegan for the most part, but like, you know, I'll treat myself every once in a while. I'm, I'm fine with never having red meat ever again. I don't really like red meat at all. And that's like the worst one, right? Like it's bad for you, first of all. And that's the, like cows are like the leading cause, right? So I'm like, I'm good with no dairy and I'm good with no red meat. Like I'm fine with that. But I love seafood and I miss seafood for sure. Um, and I miss chicken wings. Uh, so I'm going to be able to, I'm going to treat myself to those. Um, once I hit a year, every once in a while, I think, although I know like, so I was talking to somebody about it and I was like, I don't know. I was like, is the fish industry that bad? And he's like, did you watch Seaspiracy? I was like, no. And he's like, the fish industry might be the most fucked up of all. And I'm like, ah, fuck it. You know who I can't do it anymore. Every industry is fucked up. People are terrible. And I think that's just where I'm at, you know, going forward. Maybe. I don't know. But that's how I've been feeling lately is I think people are just fucked. And uh, you just got to do what you can, man. Just get yourself through the day. You know, yeah, I had to find peace somewhere. Um, yeah, but we're trying out here, you know. And that's all that's all I got, I think. Um I got so much going on this summer, but I'm really going to try to hit the podcast on a weekly basis. 
Um, you know, it was easier last year when like things were still kind of shut down for a while that it was easier to do it week to week. Um, but now it's just like, I have the busiest fucking summer ever coming up. I have so much going on. I'm in, uh, kickball league, which is fun. It's gay kickball league. So I might be appropriating some cultures. Um, but it's fun. Uh, and I'm having a good time doing that. So I got that going on works, but very busy. Uh, got a lot of comedy stuff going on. I've got a bunch of weddings. Hey, everybody get married. I love weddings, but fucking take it easy. You know, everybody's getting married. I'm going to a bunch of weddings, uh, over the next few months and I'm going on tour again. Uh, and I'm going to a bunch of shows, bunch of comedy shows, uh, bunch of music shows. Um, I'm so excited for the art park concerts, man. I love art park concerts. Those are my favorite. I went to see Phoebe Bridgers at art park last year. And that, that was like, um, that concert was amazing. That was like, what's cool about that one is it was like vaccine required and mass required. So this is like, uh, no, this is like September. I think. Yeah. It's like September of last year, which I don't even remember where we were with COVID at that point, but I think cases might've been pretty high. But it was an outdoor concert, and they did vaccine required and uh, mass required, which was kind of crazy. But it's Phoebe Bridges fans, so everybody's on board, you know? Phoebe Bridges fans are cool. And so it was a very good time, and everybody uh, was chilling. It was a beautiful night out, and Phoebe's just incredible. I love her so much. Uh and the concert was just amazing. And she played like these quiet acoustic songs and there's thousands of people there, but it was just like silent. You can hear a pin drop and everybody like, I've never seen such a respectful crowd before. So that was very cool. I remember that's like one of the best concerts I think I've ever been to. Um, and it was at art park and art park is great, man. I'm excited, uh, for more of that. And outer Harbor concerts are coming back this year, which I'm super stoked about. I love live music, and I especially love live music outside. Hooey, does it make me happy. Gets that dopamine or serotonin, or I don't know the difference between those two things, but whatever it is, it's doing it, and it's working, and it's good. Guys, this has been episode one of season two, the I Am Your Friend podcast. We'll see you next week. Uh, I'll talk to you soon.